Leadership. Leadership for God's people. There are thousands of books or videos or teachings and more. Podcasts and there's all sorts of so many things on leadership these days. And I actually mean on church leadership. You could exhaust hundreds of Google pages on on resource for church leadership, uh, podcasts for church leadership, videos, books, uh, all sorts of things. You can actually do it as a degree. You can get a degree in church leadership. How would you like to do that? And none of us would argue that it's unimportant, that leadership in the church is not important. We, we wouldn't say that. And in fact, perhaps it's more important than ever. You know, in churches in the past, it might not have been explicit in some years back, the whole concept of leadership. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't sort of practiced. There wasn't that many books written, perhaps. And I'm probably more in an organizational or strategy sense or people management sense. Church leadership, it wasn't that explicit. And it may not have had the focus that it could have had. And there might have even been a bit of an aversion to it. You know, um, this aversion to sort of saying, we don't need that worldly kind of leadership in the, in the church. We don't need to worry about all that sort of stuff. And so they threw the baby out with the bathwater. They would say, we just need to preach the word and visit people and, and do that and catechize. And we don't really need leadership, we, you know. But make no mistake, in churches, and even in the early church, there are and there were necessary leadership gifts sought for the communities of the church, the communities of Christ to prosper in their mission. We could probably rattle off a bunch of leadership gifts that are well known and you might have some in your mind. You might think of things like, you know, able to to, to speak to a crowd or able to think strategically or, you know, able to, to figure out how to manage the church's finances. In industry, we can think of people management, HR, and, and all sorts of leadership gifts. And, and you'd be right, they're all really great leadership gifts. There are great and well-known people in the Bible, in the faith world, that had leadership gifts. You know, um, Donna talked about Moses, and he realized one of his leadership gifts was not speaking. But there were people that had great leadership gifts in the Bible. that knew how to speak to, to powers and to people that were anointed by God. That God used the perhaps less obvious, yet I think really important gifts that sometimes get a little bit overlooked or sometimes aren't highlighted, if you like. There is a ton of leadership gifts and, and, and there are many. You just need to read Timothy and Titus and gifts of an elder or other parts of the Bible. But there's three that I want to have a look at this morning and they might be represented in maybe a little bit more obscure people. I wanted to focus on those today because I think that they're absolutely necessary for the church and I think that we see them in this church and I want to celebrate them this morning but they're necessary for the church and kingdom growth and to let you know how this ends it I do believe that God has given us these leadership gifts at one hope and we're blessed with them but I'm jumping ahead let's have a look what is a gift full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom I think this is a really important leadership gift and I want to read a scripture to help us to have a look at that. So I want to read, um, have a look at that. We're going to read Acts chapter, chapter 6. And it goes like this. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint 
by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word to God to serve at tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote us a whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles. They prayed and they laid hands on them. <clears throat> and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So it's a big, quick background there. The Greek-speaking Jewish believers complained that their widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food compared to the widows who were Hebrew-speaking. There's a little bit of argy-bargy going on there. You're not looking after my mum, you're only looking after your mum, etc., etc. There was a level of favouritism going on. And what was required in this situation was godly leadership. And notice the type of men that they chose to handle this problem. They had to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And the reason that this type of leadership was necessary is because they weren't just passing out food. That was the symptom. Food was a symptom. They were solving perhaps a potentially bigger problem in the church because their objective was to work with two groups of people from different cultures and make sure that one didn't feel slighted over the other. And this problem, it was going to require wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to enable them to see, to identify what was going on, to be able to figure out what was behind this idea of the food not going to one or the other, what was perhaps playing in the whole church behind that. And so they would need the wisdom and the guidance of the ship. And look at the result of this leadership being practiced. Look at verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase and a number of disciples multiplied greatly in Scoresby, up in Jerusalem. Freudian slip there. And a great many priests became obedient to the faith. Look at the result, wisdom. You know, at one hope, we might not have arguments over widows getting food. There's usually enough food after the service, right? I don't know, sometimes if the kids get there first, some of us can miss out. But We may not have arguments about people getting enough, you know, not getting visited when they're sick because it's not the, the, the family that I'm interested in. We may not have those arguments. But yet our leadership, and our leadership team aren't all teachers and preachers either. But that was an example of something much bigger going on, as I said. The need to have wisdom from the Holy Spirit in how to unite a diverse community, how to keep a community on mission, moving people in following. One hope we're a diverse community. We have different generations. That's clear. We have, you know, kinder church, turbo kids, youth, young adults, people like me, people like you, people that are sort of swimming around in between there a little bit. We have lots of different generations in our church. We have different cultures in our church. We do. We're blessed with 
a number of different cultures in our church. We have different demographics. We have people that are, that are tradespeople. We have people that own businesses. We have people that are, are doctors and, and lawyers. We have different demographics in our church. And we need not underestimate the need for godly leadership that's full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom on how to keep this community, this family of God, on mission. We need this leadership gift to enable us to see how to best unite and lead a diverse community like One Hope in our call. For the word of God to continue out from here, we need this leadership gift to be exercised, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I believe that God has given us this, both in our leadership team and in various leadership areas in our church. And I'm really thankful for that. We should be thankful for that. And all glory and praise to God for preparing our church, for preparing the ground and giving us that kind of leadership. God's gift of great gifts. So a clear leadership gift that God gives the church is people filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And the second one I want to focus on. I want to call it um, influencing people to positive action for God. An example here is someone also a little bit less, less obvious perhaps. and This is Mordecai and you might remember the story of Esther. Have a look at a few of these verses. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. And then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you've not come to the kingdom for a time such as this. Mordecai had a gift of influencing people to positive action. Influencing Esther in this case. Quick background here. Most of us know this story really well. The short version is that there was a plot to destroy the Jews. And Mordecai got wind of that plot, didn't he? And what he recognised was the person who had the ability to help bring deliverance to the Jews, the person that could be who he identified, who he could influence to change this situation, was Esther. And it was his responsibility to persuade her, to influence her, to use the position that she had to make a difference. And if you read further in verse 20, it says that um, Mordecai had Esther's respect. As a leader, she looked up to him and she respected what he said. So when he influenced her, she responded to that. Esther obeyed Mordecai. Mordecai, as a leader, knew the bigger picture. He knew Esther couldn't see exactly what was going on. He knew the bigger picture and he knew it was at stake. He knew that someone, God would raise someone to save the Jews. He knew that God was going to do it, but he saw that he needed to influence Esther to do that. Mordecai's words influenced Esther to take an action that she otherwise would not, or maybe not, have taken. And I would say that that's a leadership gift, a godly leadership gift. Again, at One Hope, both in our leadership team and in other areas, God has given us leaders that see the bigger picture and are able to identify gifts, to identify talents, identify opportunities to look at our church community, to think about our church community, and to identify some of those things that they see in order to deal with the, the things that they see in the bigger picture. 
and to influence the rest of us to positive action for the kingdom. And I believe that that's a task of leadership. That's a leadership gift that, that as leaders we are to influence people to positive action. We see where they're gifted. We see the unique opportunities. We see the bigger picture. We see what needs to happen. We don't see that because we're super smart. We see that because God has anointed us for leadership and he's called us. And we want to celebrate this leadership gift. But we also want to develop and practice it more. Our strategy to achieve our vision at One Hope, our vision is to moving people in following Christ, our strategy to that is to develop and send. We say that really clearly. We want to develop and send people there to lead in Turbo Kids or whether it's somewhere in Africa or whether it's somewhere at Cavell that's operating, wherever it is, we want to develop the gifts we see and send people. We need to have leadership influences that see that bigger picture, identify people, come alongside people, leaders that inspire to encourage and that encourage and, and, and move people to positive action. Move people to involvement and service in the kingdom. And we really are thankful for that gift. We have that gift. In our leaders we prayed for this morning and many of the leaders in our church. But we're praying that he'll develop it even more at all sorts of ministry levels. I believe that, that this is an important gift that we have leaders that can motivate us, that influence us to positive kingdom action. Whether that be evangelism, teaching kids, leading music, whatever it might be. The third one I wanted to highlight of the three is investing in developing God-given gifts. An example here is Priscilla and Aquila. And in Acts chapter 18, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. This visiting preacher, he was really smart. People liked to listen to him. And he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he'd been fervent in spirit, and he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside, explained to him the way more accurately. They invested and developed the gift. Who were they? Who were Priscilla and Aquila? This was a Jewish couple who were deported from Rome and eventually connected with Paul and became his partners in the ministry, part of his leadership team, if you like. And here are some examples of the leadership. One example is in Romans 6, and I think we've got that one up there too, a couple of verses in Romans where Paul says, and he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. We didn't say that at the front when you guys were up here, but you're going to have to risk your necks for one hope. That's what it says. It says, Who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well for them. Greet also the church in their house. This tells us that they became really important partners, part of Paul's leadership team in Paul's ministry. They made their lives and their homes available to invest in people. They saw a policy invested. They obviously had a church in their house, so they were investing people. They had hospitality happening. They invited people in. 1 Corinthians 16 talks about the church in Priscilla and Aquila's house as well. 
And this might seem, <clears throat> this might be seen as one of those less seen leadership gifts, but I think it's hugely important. Priscilla and Aquila opened their homes. They opened their lives. They gave their time. They taught. They discipled. They identified Apollos' gifting and they invested in it to make him even better. And that takes time. It takes a willingness to, be, to open your life, a, a vulnerability, a hospitality to open your life. And sometimes it, it actually takes practical things to invest in people. Apollos was hugely grateful that they opened up more of God for him. And if you read story, you read more, you'll see that he went on to teach many in Corinth about the way, fully released into a new level of ministry. Through Apollos and more, Priscilla and Aquila, in using their leadership gift, were instrumental in growing and encouraging the church. And again, we see fantastic examples of this at One Hope, definitely in our leadership team. But we have people that lead life groups. We have people that are doing mentoring. We have people that are coaching others. We have people that are encouraging and discipling others, be they children, youth, young adults, adults. We see lots of examples of this leadership gift, investing and developing God-given gifts. People that see there's a gift here, and if I give some time to that, we can grow that gift. Music ministry team, kit, and so many more things. This is a key leadership gift that God has blessed us with. We want to recognize it, and we want to honor it. Now, I can't finish this message without referring to the greatest leadership example that we have. Jesus exercised each one of these three gifts exquisitely. But so much more than just that. Yes, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Perhaps the fullest. Let's, let's just agree on that. Yes, he influenced others to positive action. We see lots of stories. Sometimes he did it loaded with compassion. Sometimes he did it with physical healing. Uh, lots of ways we see that he influenced people to positive action. And yes, Jesus invests in our growth. He invested in the growth of the 12 that he walked with, but others that he talked with. And we don't have a minute-by-minute account of Jesus' life. Imagine all the stuff that happened in between the bits that we read over those three. He does those three things, but he does so much more. Jesus is our great leader. He led by example. He led by example and sacrifice in a way that we can or never will you know we might have to risk our necks occasionally Jesus was broken for us his sacrificial giving his sacrificial and giving leadership led us leadership led us back into relationship with the father led us into a kingdom that will have no end and life everlasting what's more he leads us daily Practically, by living with us, living in us. That's leadership. Now, the leaders at the front, they can't be part of your life. They can't live in you. They're not, they're not going to move into your house, thankfully. They can't. Jesus lives with us. He leads from within. He leads us and he calls us. He's our great leader. So our leadership team and all of our leaders in our church look to Jesus for inspiration to lead. But so do we all. We all know his leadership. You know, we're commissioning and recognizing these leaders today, 
But in doing that, we want to remember Jesus' leadership, but we also want to remember many who have led us and do lead us at One Hope. We're not only thankful, but in commissioning these guys, we're saying to them, lead us, lead us. We recognize God's call on you. And we trust his leading through you. Like Apollos, like Esther, at times we may not have the whole picture yet as a church, as individuals. Apollos had most of the picture, but not all of it. Esther didn't have the whole picture. That can be us sometimes. We may not have the whole picture. And like the early church, we might not notice the differing needs around us as quickly. But that's why God has given us you and other leaders in our church. That's why God has given us a leadership team. And we see God in you. We trust you. We want to release you into it. Follow our great leader, Jesus Christ. Knowing and trusting that he is leading One Hope into its call as individuals, into our call as individuals and as a church. And he's the one that will lead us home. You know, we don't often talk about leadership in church. We don't preach on it so much. And I've just touched on a couple of things God has given us in his word. But the greatest example is Jesus Christ himself, who said, I'm going to lead by giving my life. I'm going to lead you home to heaven, but I'm going to be in you each day to keep leading you in all those little individual decisions, the things that you need to do, the things that I'm called. Embodied when we pray for people and we see the leadership team when we see people up here, and that's great. And that's how God intended the church to be. But remember that Christ indwells us to lead us and he is the greatest leader let's pray heavenly father we want to thank you for many gifts that you give us the gift of eternal life the gift of salvation the gift of forgiveness the gift of love the gift of compassion And Lord, we do want to celebrate the gift of leadership. First of all, we want to recognize your leadership over us. That that God, you are the king of... And yet through your son, you humbled yourself to be with us on earth, to show us what leadership looks like, to show us what it looks like to be led and how we can lead others. Lord, thank you that your word is full of examples of people that you called for a specific time, for a specific reason that you gifted to lead your people, to take people to the next place that you have in your heart for them. And Lord, we pray for our leadership, for our new leaders today, but for the rest of our leadership team and those that are leading our young adults and our youth and music and and all sorts of uh, leadership that's happening in our church. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to anoint and equip each one of them to take one hope, to the next place you want us to be and the next and the next. Not because we want to be a successful church, not because we want to be a big church, not because we want to be known, but because we want you to be known for your glory. That people would praise you and see that you have not stopped activity in the world, that you are active, that you're dynamic and that you're leading your people that you're building your kingdom 
And as that song said, and as the, as the word tells us, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're God. Lord, thank you for our new leaders today. Thank you specifically, and we pray that you would be with them in this next season. Lord, that you would be with the whole leadership team, but Lord, that you would be our leader. We pray that most of all, all for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just in this last song, I reflect.